Hey. Hey, what's up, man? Hey. Yeah, it came through on your phone. Oh, it did? Yeah. That's cool. How long has it been since I've talked to you? Over the phone personally? Over the phone or the last time I saw you? Like, I can't even remember. Yeah, no, yeah. Um, oh, was it, wow, when you came up to that, uh, we met at that little restaurant? I the last time you see me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And that was uh, that pizza place. Well, then there, then there was that little uh, stagecoach place, too. Remember, you were on your way to your parents? Oh, that's it. That's the last time I saw you, I think. Well, yeah, it was a it was a converted rail car. Right. Yeah. Huh. They had pretty good. They had pretty good food. Yeah, it's been yeah. a while. I know, dude. I always think about it like we should talk sometime. So this is right. kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what you know. Seems to me like you're always busy out there. In L.A. It seems to you what? That you're always busy because you're out there in L.A. I don't know. For some reason, oh. I'm like, he's in L.A., so he could be doing anything right now, you know? Yeah, I haven't been doing anything for two years. I've just been uh, just basically holed up in my apartment and, then, you know, going to work. And the only thing I did was I went to a comedy show like two weeks ago. Uh-huh. The only thing I've done, like as far as going out, except, except for going to the store, and I went up to see my parents a few times. Once it well, kind of calmed I'm down. Waiting, I'm waiting for that. What, what is this going to be? Your third album? It will be, uh, yeah, the third full length album. Um, that's what I'm waiting for. What's the deal with that? <laughs> well, are you in uh, are you in production? Are you recording it or? Well, during the lockdown, I was writing, I was finishing up lyrics, and I and I demoed ten songs, uh-huh. and it took me like a year to do all that. Um, I took my time, like I really took my time, um, getting the arrangements just right, and I still might change them a little bit, but it's just a demo, uh-huh. and I recorded the drums over the fake drums in September. So, like since September. Uh, I worked on the drums, you know, because we did a bunch of takes. Well, we did like three takes per song. Now, now so you say through... fake, fake drums. What do, you, what, what do you mean? Well, are you using a real drummer and he's tapping them out? No. Well, for the demos, um, oh, what I do okay. is, is I edit... They just take like a kick and a snare and a hi-hat. Either it's a MIDI sample and I put it in, I record it. I don't use MIDI, but I record it. Or I use um, I, I use like drum sounds from my other records that I did. So I just steal the snare, one snare, and I loop it. You know, I just put, so basically uh-huh. I, I do the drum parts, uh, the initial like really the non-drummer version of the drum parts. Almost uh, like a just, quick track. Yeah, but but I really do like hone in on where the kick's gonna go and the snare and uh-huh. whether it's open hi hat or close hi hat, so like that. Uh-huh. I kind of build an arrangement with fake drums. I play the bass, guitar, and sing, and maybe a little keyboard here and there. Um, but 
it's all with the idea of it all being replaced. So I replace uh-huh. things one one instrument at a time. So the first thing I do is record real drums on top of the arrangements. So um, I had my drummer in, in September. I recorded my drummer, and uh, we did all 10 songs in like two sessions. And so then we did a few takes of each one, and then from there... Um, from there, we uh, I did a bunch. You know, I had to do a comp of each song, like find the drum parts that I wanted because uh-huh. he uh, did good things on each one, and I wanted to make sure it was the best take possible. So I created a comp, and then after I did all those, then I started vocals. So I started vocals toward the beginning of the year. I'm really taking uh-huh. my time. <laughs> I only worked on it on weekends for the most part. So oh, okay. So I'm like halfway through recording the vocals and uh, recording vocals in my bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> well, they come out good, man. I'm, well, I can't, so how long, how long do you think, or is it, it's kind of impossible to say because you're, you're taking your time with it. Well, even the last thing that took me forever. I mean, for some reason, the first one I did, the first time I did the red flag one took like, I got it done real fast. Uh-huh. Like within a year, I think I was done with that one. But this one, well, not the writing though. Maybe the right, maybe it's like two years, including the writing. But this one, it's like, I mean, the second one took me year, like three years. American was, University. Yeah, yeah. Because I had to do all the all the sound clips and get actors for the voice parts and stuff. Like it took forever. Uh-huh. And then. Um, and this one is taking longer because I have someone living with me now and I only live in the studio apartment. So, um, gotcha. it's, I don't have, I actually, you know what? I think I you're, being you're being considerate. Yeah. But also, you know, I think maybe I did this way on the last one too, because I'm just wiped out after work. Like I just don't have the energy to, to work on music at night. Yeah. Like I like to rehearse at night cause I got to go to a rehearsal studio in practice with people and it's like I'm into it I have adrenaline and stuff but when I come uh-huh. home normally I just eat dinner and then I like watch a movie or something or a show and pass out <laughs> yeah you know so yeah that's uh it, it slows it down but then the weekends I'm ready to go I get up early and start working on the computer you know right away and as soon as she's awake I you know start recording um lately gotcha. I'm recording as well both Gotcha. All right. Well, I'm easily awaiting it. Well, then after that, I got I got. I have a guy, my friend, who made an album a few years ago um, with this guy. He says he's the best. He says he's the best in LA as far as what I'd have access to as far as recording guitars. He's like, you know, I met the guy one time, and we talked about it. And he's he's got like all these different Marshalls, all these different Fenders vintage amps and stuff that that I could choose from. We could try a bunch of different ones, pick the best one. He, I'm sure he knows how to mic that shit better than me because I'm... Right. I just stuck... I stuck my amp... On the last time, I stuck my amp in the closet and uh, put a Neumann in, my Neumann in front of it <laughs> in the closet. And I didn't even uh-huh. try any moving around or anything. I just did it. From my experience, right. when these guys move mics around and stuff, it sounds the same no matter what they do. Yeah, it's a lot. Of, a lot of it is bullshit. <laughs> yeah. 
I read and, uh, I read that uh, ACDC used a, a Neumann um, for I think their first album on the guitars, and so I was like, "Fuck it, I'll, I'll use my Neumann." And what are you saying, a Norman? Norman, it's N E U E N. Yeah, something like that. And like N-E-U-N. Newman, it looks like Newman. Kinda, yeah. Yeah, yeah. E, I think, yeah. Yeah, okay, gotcha. It's it's a good mic, I guess. Um, the guy I record with all the time, he he says it's better than all his mics. And I was like, really? Because you've been recording for like thirty years. Like he owns a, he runs a studio, so I was. I think my mic can't be better than your mics, but I got—I don't know. I guess you never buy a, a decent mic. <laughs> uh huh. So all I've ever had is a Shure SM what fifty-seven or fifty-eight. Yeah, that's yeah. what people tell me I should use. Yeah, like, you probably you might be fine. At a low, yeah, yeah, and at a low volume, I you know you don't gotta crank your amp up. You just have it at a, you know, almost like at practice volume, and just right. have have that mic up close. You get, I think you get a real good tree sound. Yeah, direct I, to me always sounds funny. That there's yeah. no warmth to direct, in my opinion. Right, right. Yeah, but I don't do that much recording. And whenever I was in the studio, that was in the, I think '96 uh-huh. was the last, except for uh, that, that one song demo I did. Um, yeah, last year. And that was all on that was all on computer. So mm-hmm. yeah. Well my first album, you know what I did was I, I bought this thing called a Weber. It's like a red box. Uh a friend of mine told me about it and he said like this is so that you can crank your amp up and get the full effect of the tube. Then you turn down the Weber so the volume is low, but you're still getting the full sound of the tube and you can go direct with this from the box into the computer and it doesn't sound like direct, direct guitar. And I was like, okay, I'll try it. I did it. And when I took it to the mixer guy, he was like, these guitars sound great to me. And I was uh-huh. like, really? <laughs> Cause I was ready to huh. record, re-record them if I had to. And uh-huh. I guess they're okay. I mean, I don't know. It's weird. They're direct. Huh? I, I always. Directs probably come a long way from when, when I was doing it. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, I record direct now through my board and I use a plug-in and it sounds okay, you know, for the demo. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I always thought, I mean, we're, we're getting off topic, but yeah. I, I always thought that um, Angus Young's guitar on Let There Be Rock sounded direct. It's so, uh-huh. like, electric and, like, like it's just... I know it's probably not. And I always thought Slash's more guitar playing with Guns N' Roses sounded direct, too. But the rhythms, yeah, the rhythms do. Yeah. It's just in my head that it sounds like that, but I don't know that that's what direct sounds like, but it's what I always thought <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> right. So should we talk about Kiss? Yeah, you ready to get started? Yeah. All right, so um, I was I was thinking um, like this before. Okay, be, right before I got introduced to Kiss, the stuff that I was hearing was like the AM uh, 
the rock songs that were on AM, you know, yeah. like uh, Boys Are Back in Town or mm-hmm. uh, Boss Boss Gags or Steve Miller, yeah. that kind of stuff. My brothers had, uh, they had like massive album collections. I don't know if they outgrew Kiss because, uh-huh. you know, they were 10 years older than me. And let's say, right. I was like, say, what, seven or something like that. So mm-hmm. they were already, you know, I don't know if they kind of looked at it as a novelty or what, but they ended up giving me their Kiss albums. But they they listened to everything from Kiss to, you look in their record collection, and you'd see Kiss and you'd see Neil Young. Mm-hmm. So like that. So that's how I got introduced to them. And I just remember staring at the album while I was listening to it and putting their faces together with the music. Mm-hmm. And just, they were just blew my mind. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's how I got introduced to it was from my older brothers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but, uh, and that was, let me see. That was when Kiss Alive is when they started, when Kiss Alive came out is when they started giving me their albums. Uh-huh. So, you know, they had the other three albums before that had already come out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just, I was thinking about that today that um, I think I was kind of uh, mesmerized by Ace. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I would have really gotten that into Kiss if Ace wasn't in there. Do you you feel like that? I don't know. I mean, I have my own, like, weird thing with it. But uh, uh, for me, it was like, like, before I met you, I was, we didn't even live in that house yet. And, and, uh, I was at Jumco with my mom and I was looking at records. My parents always had records and I used to have records uh-huh. when I was a little kid. I was always into records, but I never really, I didn't have any, I didn't know of any artists that I liked or anything. So like when I was really little, I was into records and then I got old. My mom bought me all these like, cut, 45 cutouts and stuff. Then I got uh-huh. a little, when I was like three or so, I stopped listening to music, like records. And I got it later. I got into baseball. I was like really into the Dodgers and I was obsessed with the Dodgers. Like I would like yep. listen to the games on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> I went through the Dodger phase too. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I was at Jim Co with my mom. And I was looking at the records and I remember seeing like Captain Fantastic by Elton John. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. And then I saw Alive and I had never heard of them ever before. I just saw that Alive album. I looked at the cover and I, they look like live comic book, you know, superheroes, but they were. Yeah, like something out of a movie or something. Totally. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And I, and I remember I was like, Gene looked so crazy. Gene, to me, like at the time, I was like, that picture on Alive, I was like, he looked, like now I would say he looked like a transvestite, but I didn't know what a transvestite right. was. So right. as a kid, I was like, is that a man or a woman? Like I didn't, obviously he's not wearing a shirt or whatever, but like I, or like his chest is open, but like I didn't, I just remember thinking that, is that a woman or a man? Yeah, because it just, yeah. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. I don't mean to interrupt you. I was just. I was gonna no, say their cool. pants are like nylons. Their pants look like nylons. Right. 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 Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, ahead, I just was, I, the, the the image of that never left me. But I don't know how long it was until I met you. 
But I must have thought about it a little bit because the, the word KISS, the name KISS, the band, had like a connotation for me before I met you. And okay. so that first day that I met you and after we were at that kid's house and you, you guys kind of fighting, we were walking home. It's like my second day of school at the new house and you're new there too, I think, right? Yeah, I just moved in with my grandma. Yeah, so like we both just moved into the neighborhood and we just met that we went to different schools. So I'm walking up the road with you with our bikes because I think we both had our bikes because I used to ride right. to school and I stopped at his house on the way home. Anyway, so um, you said, I remember it was right by the O'Connor's house, like on that dirt road right before we turned right to go up to your place and you were like, do you like Kiss? And I was like, like it was just like a fucking, you know, and it was like a lightning bolt hit me or something, and I was like, no, but I don't want to hear him, you know, like I don't know, but I want to hear him. Uh huh. And I remember I went home and I told my brother, I was like, this guy, Rick Wisdom, you know, the guy who lives in that house, like two yards down, like, you know, he has Kiss records. <laughs> and so, like, I think the next day I went to your house and we listened to like Kiss and I heard it the first time and other stuff too. I mean, he had all kinds of albums, so. That was yeah. like my introduction to that band, and, and I mean, it all came from you, like the whole thing. That's why I wanted to do the Kiss one first, because it all goes hand in hand in my mind. Like my music obsession started with that moment when I met you, and you told me, like, do you like Kiss? Like that was like, like ever since then, my life has been totally different. You know, uh-huh. completely obsessed with music twenty four hours a day. <laughs> yeah. Well, it Kiss destroyed my life. <laughs> Kiss is kind of like I don't know if I'm using this word correctly, like the touchstone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's. Wow. What's that chirp? Do you hear a chirp? I don't know. I don't know. But sometimes when I use this app, it it, it sounds out on the other end. So. Oh. Okay. Hopefully, it it doesn't jump for very long. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I was like, uh, you know, mesmerized by like Ace, just like the silver and black, the way his makeup was and his hair. Mm-hmm. Like when I was a little kid, I would always like, for some reason, I don't know, I would always like look at their hair. I didn't like Gene's hair or Paul's mm-hmm. hair, but Ace Ace had cool hair, you know, kind of like did. when when Randy, you know, Randy had the coolest hair, you right. know, kind of. Yeah, go ahead. You had you had cool hair. And I remember always thinking, man, Rick's hair is cool. Like, he's got natural, like, rock star hair, you know? And um, <laughs> and now you've got a full head of hair and I'm bald. <laughs> <laughs> remember when when uh, when we were kids for Halloween and we went to my school Halloween party? And you were you were Ace, and my mom did your makeup like Ace. Yeah, yeah. And you you, you had Ace hair, but it was shorter. But you had right. that hair. Yeah. And I was Paul. <laughs> <laughs> and you were tall like Gene. Was did right. uh, Darren did Darren do any makeup? Or we couldn't get him no. into it. He didn't want to do it. I don't think he did it. I don't even know if he went to the thing. Oh. I can't yeah. remember him being there at that time. Right. And you know what's weird with those albums? Um, I always thought that Hotter Than Hell was a later album. I always thought that that came out after Dress to Kill. I don't know if it's because Dress to Kill is in black and white. 
Mm-hmm. The cover, it just, it looks old timey, you know, like the yeah. old timey yeah. on the streets of New York. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, so. Yeah, I always thought that, uh, you know, that Hotter Than Hell was a newer album. Did, did you have the originals, the three album set? Did you ever have yeah, it? Yeah. I got it later, and oh, really? uh, yeah, I didn't. I don't know if I bought that. I got that one from somebody else. I I get that one and uh, platinum mixed up sometimes, but uh, mm. I think I still have the original cover of the originals. Because I thought you had like an old beat up copy of the originals, like you know, like it's like a three record set of the first three albums. Right. When I knew you back then. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know if I got that from, like, a garage sale or what. I just remember it was kind of beat up when I got it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the first Kiss, <laughs> the first Kiss album I got from you. Um, and you still have those, huh? Well, I, a lot of them are gone. I don't know where they are. I, I thought uh, I had them all these years, and then when I bought a turntable, I was all excited, and I got my records out of the boxes, and like half of them are gone. I don't know if I lost them, or my mom lost them, or my brother lost oh, them. Wow. Like, I know I didn't bring them all with me when I went to college, but I thought I picked them up at some point you know, since then. But uh-huh. maybe I didn't, and if I didn't, who knows, because my parents sure don't know what's mine, what's my brother's, and... You know, who knows? They moved and they could, I don't know. They don't remember anything. And they still might be in a box. Like, I have a bunch of boxes stacked up in this little storage area in my apartment. Uh I still haven't gone through, but I don't think I have them. I don't have the early ones. So so the the album that, like, I didn't have any album, any rock and roll albums, right? You had a bunch. And... Um, after you know, after we were hanging out for a while, I was like, all I wanted to do was have a record collection. Like, that's all I wanted. Uh-huh. And um, this was like what, 1977, right? Like September 77 is when we met. So you were in fourth grade, and I was in fifth grade. I know our okay, dating. Okay, so was I was so. I was nine. <laughs> you were nine. I was ten. Yeah, I think. Okay. And um, so I was obsessed with like music, and but I didn't have any albums, so. Like, I don't know, I think I asked my mom or she gave me allowance or something. I was like, I want to buy a record. She's like, okay. She goes, don't buy anything loud. Like to a kid, like I still don't really know what that means. But as a kid, I surely didn't know what it meant, you know? Uh Uh-huh. Loud. Like what? I just won't turn it up loud. That's what was in my head. I was like, I just won't turn it up loud. So I bought Foghat Live. I don't know, because it had just come out, I guess. And it was at the, the record store and it looked cool and... You had Foghat Records, and I knew I liked some songs. Uh-huh. And I came home, and I put it on, and she told me right away, you need to take this back. It's loud. I told you oh that's my God. loud. And I was like, now, I wonder if that you... meant drums? Dude, I don't know. I think maybe she just meant the guitar, like the guitars, like the distorted guitars and the lead uh-huh. guitars, maybe. I don't know. That's what I think now, but... I guess that's what she meant. I don't know, hard rock. It sounds you know? like it's her way of saying hard rock, yeah. Yeah. So, which which brings to mind another thing from when I was a kid, because, like, I used to hang out with these older kids. My parents would go on uh, sort of vacation in Arizona where my dad would work and my mom would be on vacation. And um, 
and I used to hang out with these same kids all the time. And this girl was like four years older than me. And this guy was like five years older than me. And, and they would talk, you know, cause they were older. They would talk about like making out and like, you know, like all this stuff I didn't know anything about, you know? Uh-huh. And, um, French and kiss. I was really, and you heard yeah, that word. Right. Like, like I was really little and, but I remember, and this is way before I met you, but I remember one time a girl goes like, I don't like hard rock. I like soft rock. And the guy was like, me too. I hate that hard rock. And I was like, that soft rock shit sounds fucking lame to me. Like, I think I don't like hard rock. <laughs> so even like years before I heard it, I knew that's what I was going to like, you know? Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. Um, my mom said that about loud. Whatever. Anyway, so I had to, she's like, you need to take this back. So I told you about it. And you go, I'll trade you. I'll trade you uh, three albums. <laughs> or you said maybe I'll trade I you I love that Fog Hat live album. <laughs> so what did you get? I, well, one of the albums I got was the Kiss album. I think maybe I got Get Your Wings by Aerosmith and maybe like um, Zeppelin IV. Those are all those are things I got from you very early on. See, I was unlo- I was unloading, coming from a, an Adventist home, I was unloading my Satanic albums on you. <laughs> Kiss maybe, and, but... and Kiss and Led Zeppelin. Here, here, Grandma, I got rid of these. <laughs> Is that what was going on? Maybe. Maybe. No, because this would happen. uh, Like, then one day you're like, I want that album back. And I would say, no, I like it. I'll give you three albums. I'll give you five albums for, like, that Kiss album that that you got from me last year. And then you would trade, like, that. And I would just be like, okay. I mean, I can't say no to five albums. And eventually I ended up with, like, all your fucking albums. (laughs) But that's how I would, from what I remember, you would be like, you would trade something, but then later you'd want it back and you'd have to make some kind of deal where you gave me more. Right. More records, I, I, I was a weird kid. <laughs> and then, and then at some point you had a like religious, like really reason for getting rid of all your kiss albums for sure. I don't know if you got rid of all your albums. Can I tell you what happened? Yeah. Okay. So, my grandma, she would tolerate Kiss, but she would kind of like warn me about it. Uh-huh. And she would she would see like I'm like what am I nine eight or nine years old? She would mm-hmm. see that I would get so excited about it. Well, yeah. Kiss, Kiss, uh, the that movie Phantom, yeah. whatever Phantom of the Park was coming out. I watched it with you, yeah. Okay, but I got so. Did we watch it after it had come out? Did I record no. it? No, I think we watched it the night it was on live. Okay, you got well, sick. Yeah, I was going to tell you, I got sick. Yeah. yeah. Because I think I had gotten, I don't know what happened. I had gotten so worked up and excited because mm-hmm. that movie was coming on. <laughs> and she was and she was telling me, like, you got sick because that movie, because those guys are fucking they, they're satanic. They're the, like the devil kind of mm-hmm. shit. And it got into my head because mm-hmm. all of a sudden my stomach just really started cramping up mm-hmm. for no reason. And I was like, well, maybe wow. it did have something to do with it. So mm-hmm. I start, And I had all these pictures from uh, Cream 
and all the yeah. you know the hard the hard rock magazines, and I would rip them out, and I had a big stack of you know the full full page color photos, mm-hmm. and I remember I got rid of those, and I just got rid of all this shit, and then I've re- I regretted it later, and then that, that's how I when I tried to get it back, mm-hmm. but that me getting sick like that and being so young and growing up in church, it kind of scared me to like, oh, maybe there is something to that. Because yeah. At my school, they were playing, uh, uh, you know, songs backwards. So I was aware of like backward masking. Right. Wow. And they were, and they were saying backwards, you know, Satan this, Satan that. So I knew there was something to that, but I liked Ace so much that I overlooked it. Uh-huh. Cause I thought he was so cool. You so even named your probably, dog Ace. Right. Yeah. And, so then and he I, wasn't even a guy, a boy dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was weird. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I felt like they had some kind of power over me. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I was just, I was just scared. I know I got all worked. Later, I realized that well, maybe you just got worked up. You know, right. get those, or maybe you just get those albums bad. back. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't like anything that, I, it just, it was acute. It hit me like all of a sudden. Really? And it was, yeah, and it was like right before that came on. So it scared hmm. me. So wow. it was, these were different times, you know. Yeah, yeah. I remember sure. watching that with you. I mean, I think we watched it live. We were super uh-huh. excited, and I remember I loved it. <laughs> now, now it looks so. T- I wanted to watch it. It's recently. really happy. Yeah, yeah. They're all embarrassed by it. Yeah, yeah. They try to like disown it. <laughs> I right. think they were embarrassed by it, like the, when it first happened too. They're like this sucks. And then, do you <laughs> did you hear some interviews where they were talking about how they, you know, Ace was never there. And they had somebody else dubbing his voice. Yeah. Yeah. Or doing something. Yeah, they had like a black dude doing it. I think Ace said that. Yeah. In his makeup. <laughs> what a trip. Yeah, so... Um, you, oh, I was going to... Do you remember the, them on the Mike Douglas show? Well, I think I saw them on one show. You must have taped it or something. But I didn't have a TV, so I didn't get to watch that stuff. But I, I've seen replays of the interview. I don't uh-huh. know if I've seen the, the performance. Okay. Because Mike Douglas would have, um, he, okay, Bay City Rollers. Remember those guys? Yeah. They were, they were, to me, they were kind of like a kiss without makeup, but poppy. Mm-hmm. You know, because they all, they had guitars. They had the the rock and roll looking hair. They all mm-hmm. had that strange, the similar haircut. They all mm-hmm. had that weird kind of the way their hair would kind of frizz up. Anyway, the, yeah. he would have the Mike Douglas would have like them on. He'd have Frampton on. He had Kiss mm-hmm. on, you know. And uh, Paul Lynn had a a Halloween special when he yeah. had Kiss on, and that mm-hmm. was before I moved to my grandparents because I remember watching that at the babysitters. When my mom was, oh, wow. uh, my mom worked at the hospital, mm-hmm. and so you know, I was into, I was into Kiss probably, I don't know, four years before I even moved, three years before I moved to my grandma's. Wow. So yeah, 
Well, you know, that's the beginning. I mean, the first album came out in, in, in 74. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. I was like six years old. Wow. At the babysitters. And I remember, I remember, because uh, my brothers gave me the albums. And I remember, oh, he, Paul Lynn had this special on. Mm-hmm. And I had to beg. They were, you know, there was, of course, there was only one TV in the house. And I had to beg them to, um, you know, watch that. That night, instead of what they wanted to watch, which was, uh, you know, like Walter Cronkite or something. I don't know. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So do you think they started with their makeup because they were all kind of ugly? I don't know, man. I I don't. I never thought that that was the case. I thought they were, you know, they. No, I mean, looking was, back at it now. No, I know. I, I've never thought that that was the case. I mean, before or since. I I, I think that they were glam was happening. You know, Bowie and and New York Dolls and stuff, and they kind of combined that with the idea of comic books and horror movies. I mean, Gene Simmons was really into horror yeah. movies and comic books, and I think that that's, you know... And was Alice Cooper, do, Alice Cooper had makeup on, right, at right. that time? Right, that's true. Yeah. 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 And, and the thing about Ace is that he... Um, I've never heard anybody say this before, but a friend of mine's at the Monte Hoople, and uh, I just met him like a few years ago, so it's like I've known him for a long time. So I didn't check out Mata Hoopa at all until I met this dude. He's like, dude, they're my favorite band, and you should check them out. And there's he, one of their second, their first guitarist was Mick Rouse from uh, Bad Company. Oh, that's right. So you also turned me on to, and maybe one of the first records I got was the first Bad Company album from you because I had that one too. I ended up with all your Bad Company albums. Uh huh. Um, I fucking love that band too. I mean, when I was a kid, you know, when we were like 10, 11 years old, Bad Company was like my second favorite band after Kiss. Like, I still love that band. But uh-huh. um, anyway, so Mick Rouse left and they got another guitarist named Ariel Bender. And he he looks a lot like Ace, like his hair. And uh-huh. the way he has those shoulder things, like Ace has. Like, he, he looks a lot like him and he moves like him and stuff. So... Um, I told my friend, like, I think, I think Ace got his look from Ariel Bender uh, and, and he was like, no, that's bullshit. Cause he hates kids, you know, cause he's a uh-huh. lot older and he, he just thinks they're bullshit. And, uh-huh. uh, but he went to see like this weird, like he went to see the reformed, you know, uh, not long ago and he came back. And he was like, dude, you're right. <laughs> Ace Ace looks a lot like Errol Bender. I'm like, yeah, but Errol Bender's like 80 now. Like, I don't know how you feel that way now. But He's anyway. still in the band? Well, they, the band's totally broken up, you know, years ago. But they had uh-huh. reunion shows from time to time. Oh, wow. Um, like, they, they did a few in the early, maybe, I don't know, early 2000s. And then they just did a couple shows like and maybe right before the pandemic. Okay. And they were going to play here, but I think 
um, I think the singer got sick or something and they had to cancel and they, I don't think that he's done any shows since then. What's his name? Um, I don't know. I forget his name. Mata Hoop, like always confuse them with Humble Pie for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. know why I can't. Ian Hunter, Ian Hunter, Ian Hunter. So you think Ace got his look? He had those shoulder things too, huh? Yeah, I think he got. I think he got the shoulder things from Errol Bender, and like the way his hair looks, it looks like him. It just looks like he's a fan of the guy, you know. Uh huh. There are some, you know, people who are maybe your brother's age. A lot of people really were into uh, Monte Hoople. Like Joe Elliott has a has a band that just does Ian Hunter solo covers. It's got covers of Ian Hunter solo songs. Like is that Thirty Days in the Hole? Is that those guys? No, it's uh, I forgot what the band is, but like he's such a huge Monte Hoople fan that he formed a, a tribute band to the singer's solo music after Mata Hoople. I don't know right. why don't do I know Hoople Ian Hunter, songs. but what what's what's something I would know by Mata Hoople? Uh all the young dudes they did the original. Oh, okay. All and right. it's actually the one that gets played. I mean I always thought it was Bowie because it sounds like Bowie because Bowie right. wrote it. But uh-huh. um it it's so much better when they do it and that's the I think that's their biggest hit. Um I don't know what else. I mean, I know some of the songs that have been gone back and listened to them. They have some uh-huh. good songs. Um, you know that song Ready for Love by uh, Bad Company? Right. It's based on a riff that Mick Ralphs wrote for Monta Hoople. So there's like another song that has the same riff. It's like weird. Oh, gotcha. That one kind of bugs me. but uh-huh. I don't know. I can't think of what else they have. I know there's at least one more that you probably have heard, but I'll have to go back and check them. Yeah. So should we talk about these albums in like the first three albums? Oh uh, yeah. Or is it too late? Too late what? I don't know. You mean is it getting is you mean like late as in bedtime late? Yeah, or late as in, like, is this episode getting too long? I don't care. No, well, can't... Are you going to, like, edit it and cut stuff out? And make, I thought, you you know, you probably want to get... I can. Good, con, ...good content, because a lot of times, like you said, we were way off topic, and... Yeah. I was hoping not to, but, <laughs> you know, I might. Okay. So, um, well, yeah, what we stands out... To me, on the first album is like uh, Firehouse, mm-hmm. and Cold Gin is still one of my favorites mm-hmm. songs of Kiss all the time. Now, did Ace write that? Ace write Cold Gin? Yeah, but he didn't did sing you, it, huh? He, he didn't sing it. You know, when I was a kid, I thought the person who wrote it sang it. Like I thought, right. that, like it said Fraley. I thought it was him. Uh-huh. Like right. I think but now it's Gene. you know it's Gene, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um it seems like Gene would sing the Ace songs. <laughs> yeah. Um Did you know that the song was um Yeah, it's 
says here that uh, Ace was insecure about his singing ability, so he he let Gene sing. But what's uh, worse, good for the song. Yeah. Did you know that it was? Um, it refers to the stimulating effect that cold gin supposedly, supposedly has on the male sex drive. No. That's why the song credits cold gin is the only thing that keeps the couple together in a troubled relationship. I never knew that. What? Yeah. It's, I guess it's like Viagra. Oh, because he says it's the only thing that keeps us together? Yeah. Oh, because the way he starts the song, the way the... The lyrics go in the beginning. I always picture some dude alone in his house freezing, and he's going down the store just to, so he can drink something to like. You know how when you you drink some gin or some alcohol like that, it warms you up for a minute. Right, right. I always pictured a dude in a broken down apartment, <laughs> an alcoholic. You know what right. I mean? Going down to the store. I didn't know. Of course, I didn't realize that. I, I just learned that today. <laughs> that, was, that was really really bizarre. Um, Ace so recorded a version of it on his covers album. Go ahead. It's a, so it's a, a sexual stimulant? I guess so. I, it doesn't really say here. I guess we'd have to research it. But huh. It looks like uh, that that's what it's saying. Cold and it's gin. funny. <laughs> Go ahead. It's funny considering all the stuff that Ace's ex-girlfriend had said about him and like how... <laughs> Yet. Like all this stuff, the sexual stuff about AIDS. Uh, what did he say? I haven't heard anything. It's fucking crazy, man. Like he's perverted or he had problems? Both. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> crazy shit. Where do you get this information? I want to read it. Well, it's, it's, she did a bunch of interviews, man. Like she said, like Gene raped her. Not raped her, but like tried to rape her or grabbed her and he just wouldn't believe her. And. It was really bad. Like, it's just horrible. And I don't know what's true. I mean, I, she seemed credible, but at the same time, like, I don't know. Huh. And what, I mean, she what, was I, just what telling her motivation was? Well, uh, he broke up with her and kicked her out and stuff, but I think she thinks it was because she, she told him about Jean and what Jean did to her. Yeah, there was there was a there was a time a few a couple of years ago where Ace said it out loud, like in the press. He said, "Gene, you know my girlfriend." Like he said it, and so um, he must have believed her to a point. Uh huh. But he's so obsessed with like getting back in the band that he wouldn't like like he kept forgiving him and stuff, and that pissed her off. God, so, you. God. I don't know if she left or what, but I mean. I don't know. The, the, he's into some crazy shit, and he can't have like normal sex. And so this cold gin thing. The reading about this cold gin thing, like the only thing that keeps us together is like this gin. I can get up. I can get it up because I'm drinking gin. Like it, it reminds me of sort of like what she said about Ace, but it was like crazy shit that would like get him turned on. But, um, huh. Really weird shit. Wow. So maybe it's a little bit autobiographical. Uh huh. <clears throat> well, for me, on the first album, um, "Strutter" is like the greatest song they ever did, or it might be the greatest song that anybody ever did. Strutter. Yeah, "Strutter" is my oh. favorite. 
It's got a groove, that's for sure, man. Oh, man. I always love that song. I just I like I I'm one of their favorite songs for me that they do and off that first album is Firehouse. The so the way he does Okay, think of a solo for Firehouse. Yeah, it I want to talk about it, it. It almost sounds like he you know when he does that dunk 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 it yeah. almost sounds like he, it almost sounds like he's plucking it with a quarter for a pick or something. How did he how does he get that sound? I don't know. I wanted to talk I wanted to mention it too because it's the one thing I noticed about Ace recently that's really, really unique about Ace. Like he bends the note first. He doesn't play it. And the other person who does that, Michael Schenker. Michael Schenker bends the note and it goes and, and it's hard because you gotta know where what note what the note is before you play it. You know what I mean? So right. you gotta practice uh-huh. bending. Because you could easily be sharp or flat and it's like shit. Yeah. And um Michael Schenker does it with long notes and it sounds like a slide. So he bends up and then he goes to the note and bends it down. Like so, you, you think he's using a slide, and maybe he is sometimes, but uh-huh. it's, it, it, it gives that effect. You know, it's like really kind of a sad, like melancholy kind of thing. But Ace bends the note and then he goes dink, 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 dink. I don't know how he fucking does it. Have you ever tried to oh, do it? I can't do it. He's not doing like you know how Eddie does. How Eddie does that? He's not going chromatically down the neck. That's a bent note? Yeah, a lot of times it is. Wow. Well, he got me I'm on pretty that sure. I don't know how he does it. I tried to do it. I never practiced it, but only recently have I thought about it. Like, how the fuck does he do that? Like, that's not easy to do. He must have practiced a lot because he does it all the time on the early stuff. And especially on Firehouse, like the whole solo is like, dink, 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 dink. But yeah, it's, it's like a bent note that he slowly bends back. Wow! While doing that thing, and I don't know how he does. And it's intonated perfectly. Yeah, because you I'm can't lift it. perfectly. Normally, you would lift the left hand, right? You know, yeah. That's how you right. do like a, a funk thing, and like you can't, when you're bending the note, you can't lift up because then you lose your bend like you lose where you are right in so i don't know how he does it he must do it with his right hand somehow i don't know it's weird and is he picking with he's got to be digging into the string and and picking with an upstroke right because kind of if he was picking with a downstroke he'd almost get like yeah, almost like on a pitch harmonic yeah yeah he's on the upbeat yeah Wow, it's weird. It's it's cool. I mean, it's one of the things he does that I think is really cool. And the other thing he does that's really cool is his vibrato, his slow vibrato. It's like uh-huh. really cool. I mean, he he doesn't just do vibrato. He bends up and down on the same note. You know, right? Like, and I love that. I don't think anybody else does that either. I mean, he, maybe he got it from someone, but uh-huh. it's really unique. Yeah. That's a trip. We both zeroed in on that solo. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else? What else was I going to say? Deuce is really, really good, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and these songs, too, like, if you go back and go, oh, how's Deuce cooking? And then, for me anyway, and then I'll run it through my head, and then it'll be stuck in my head for, like, hours. Yeah. So they're super catchy yeah yeah 
They are. Yeah. And the last two songs are really sort of, you know, unique. Out of a Thousand Years, um, that's that bass thing at the beginning, um, which is really creative and cool. Um, it's funny because Genius is not a bad bass player at all, you know? And uh-huh. people, I've heard recently people give him a compliment, like, dude, you're a good bass player. He's like, I don't give a fuck about that. It's <laughs> 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 the last thing on his mind is <laughs> that he's a good bass player that gives a fuck about the bass player, you know? Like, right. Yeah, his scope, his scope is so far beyond that. Yeah, but it's just like an afterthought. He shows up and plays. And no, he's playing the show. He's playing all the... It's, it's as much shit as he talks, he still has to play the fucking instrument. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's interesting to me. Right. And sing but at he, the same time. It, but he never... Yeah, and he never talks about that stuff. But, it, you know, he's, he is... He does know the craft, you know? Right. Put in the time to learn and practice at least a little bit. To, yeah, that's right. Now that you mention that, he'll talk more about songwriting than he will about, you know... Guitar technique yeah. or, or bass technique. Right. Yeah. And then the last song is, is Not Diamond. Right. Um, which is amazing. Um, I, I was thinking today, I was like, I don't know if I like A Thousand Years of Black Diamond, but then I listened to them, and I was like, these songs are really, really good. No, they're um, good. Yeah. And, and it's weird, like, I think it's Black Diamond. Um, something happens. I can't remember what it is. I, but basically, the song is done at like two thirty, but it goes on for like another three minutes. Uh huh. There's a really long outro, and maybe there's a long solo or something. I can't remember. I was, uh, but I was I was sort of marveling at it because it changes like after two thirty, and it's not the same song anymore. Um, Does it go into that slow grind? That well, that happens at three thirty. So from three thirty to like five thirty, the album just like slows down and down and down. You just hit the one note over and over and over. And like that's really cool, you know. Now, do you think that was done? They weren't playing that, right? Do you think that was it was slowed down? Yeah, they played it, and then they slowed the tape down. Oh, okay. I think that's what they did. Yeah. Fair speed or something like that. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I, I don't know how they how they would do it. Maybe they put their hand on the tape or something to slow it down. I don't know. Oh, right. Yeah. Or maybe there's just a speed like knob that turns it slower and slower and slower. But I never heard anybody else do that. It's pretty cool. Yeah. The other th- the other thing I was going to say, man, is that Peter Chris is a really good drummer. Right. I mean, it's got he's really great on this first album. He has that sl- short solo on Hundred Thousand Years. But the second album, which we're going to get to next, unless there's anything else you wanted to say about no uh-uh. the first album, Hotter Than Hell, the drums on Hotter Than Hell are just outstanding. I think. The way, I mean, he does so many, like, Tom roles that are just, he hits really hard, and they're really good and fast. And just, I think they're really, like, tasteful. Uh-huh. I don't think he gets the kind yeah. he deserves. And his, uh, he's got a lot of tasty little um, snare 
accents. Mm-hmm. Too. Yeah. It, it, it'll almost sound like a. It almost sounds like a roll. Yeah. You can't tell. You can't tell if he's just um, using the like the tension to bounce back and kind of, mm-hmm. or if he's actually rolling it. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I every time I hear him do that, I'm, I just try to key in on that. I'm like, that's badass. Yeah, because he learned jazz. He studied jazz. Yeah. So um, he, I think he's got some of that technique, but he doesn't always play light like that. Like he he. He does play some really heavy, hard-hitting drums, and it was before the whole double bass thing, which I'm not really that much of a fan of myself. Um, and uh, I really love the way he plays. I and mean, hotter than hell, the song "Hotter Than Hell." I love the way he plays on that. Yeah, it's really great. Yeah, those are two so, of my favorites. I remember being a little kid. I remember yeah. having that album and just staring at that the girl's boob. It had a star yeah. over it, but yeah. it was like it was like nudity. That was my first kind of. I think that was my first nudity of that album cover too. Yeah, that was. I remember that girl. Um, yeah, I was kind of weird but, because like they're they're in the bed, and yeah. and the, I I thought like the being a little kid, I, I thought that those pictures were like real. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this is probably taken at their house. Right. <laughs> you know how you don't know? You're like seven years old. Yeah. Like I said, it was a different time. Anyway. Sure. Well, the first, my first nudity was like the before when I first met you and we were hanging out at that kid's house and he's like, you guys want to see my dad's Playboy magazine? And like he, his dad had like Playboy magazines and I had never seen a naked woman ever. And I was like, whoa. That was right before you got in that fight with. Then <laughs> we walked home. So I'm surprised day... I didn't try to steal his magazines. <laughs> <laughs> that was crazy. Yeah. Was crazy. <laughs> but um, yeah, so the <laughs> same day that I got into rock and roll was the same day that I saw my first naked lady. What a day, huh? Yeah, it was a big day. It was a big day. <laughs> but um, so uh, those yeah, he does. Ace does some uh, great bands on Got to Choose too, right? I I can't remember. They're, they're like well, well, ooh, Got to Choose, well, well. They're like unison bands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember, but I listened to it today. What I thought about that song was like it was a really unique chorus the way he does that high thing. Like I never heard anything like that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're really good songwriters. You know, they yeah. came up with the formula and they used it there. Yeah, so yeah. Well, I was going to ask you. Um, well, anyway, so Got to Choose is the first song. Second song is Parasite, greatest song, like so great. Another Ace song, right? Another Ace song signed by Gene. And like he, I saw Ace at the Viper Room in like 2008 or nine. And it was like when he first came back, you know, after being kicked out of the kit, reunion kiss. Uh-huh. And 
I mean, he was like right there and he played Parasite and I was just like, fuck, man. And he sang it. It's so fucking great. <laughs> he played yeah, Love Gun. Like, yeah. He played this Love Gun solo and I just watched him play the Love Gun solo. I was just like, fuck, this is amazing. Well, was he, did he play it pretty much like the record was? Yeah, he, put, he played it. I think he played it just like the record. Uh-huh. And, um, but then I saw him a few years later and he, I, I was like, whatever. I wasn't into it. Like, I don't know why. It's just like the magic had gone because I've listened to him so much since then, you know? Uh-huh. That first time seeing him, like, in the club and he wasn't, like, really fat yet. Like, <laughs> right, yeah. He didn't look as cool the second time, but... um it was still good. It just uh, that that Viper Room show was like. I remember that when he played Parasite, it was just fucking great. And he said uh-huh. the coolest shit. Like he was like, "Yeah, I hear. What do you say? I hear Tommy's wearing these pants with like these lightning bolts going down his leg." And and he and he said, um, "He said, how about doing something original and shock me?" And then he played shock me. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's see. So, Going Blind is a fucking weird song. Yeah. Written by Gene about a 93-year-old man dating a 16-year-old girl. Nuh-uh. Yes. I'm 93 and you're 16. Yes. How fucking What is that? it? What is it with him and this 16... 16- Christy, yes. 16. Yes. I mean, yeah. that, talk about a different time. And then, you know, Jimmy Page and the 16-year-old. And, like, it wasn't a, it was no big thing. I know. And that's, that's the thing about, you know, that I think about with all these bands. Like, like Aerosmith sounds so deep to a kid. Like, Aerosmith rocks, like, it sounds like fucking art, you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. so dark and, like, mysterious. And they were probably just singing about underage groupie girls, like, you know? Like, that's all they were singing about. Wow. And to us, it was like, whoa, fuck, like, it's so fucking deep. Like, I, I never knew what the lyrics were. I, I didn't have them written down anywhere. I couldn't go look them up online. I can only right. imagine what the hell they were saying half the time. Yeah, you can't understand everything they're saying. I never could. I don't like looking them up either because I like wondering what they're saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but the, like the Christine wonder. 16 thing, you know, talking about, you know, yeah. meeting her on her home from school. Yeah. And, you know, back then it, it didn't mean anything, but you look at yeah. it now, it's like, what the fuck? I know, dude. And, and you know, he had that charge where they came to his house and they fucking they found child porn on his computer who gene oh i didn't know that they let him go because he said he said it was like someone from his house like or something like he he said it wasn't him i always believed him yeah he said said it wasn't him him. yeah he said he said it was like one of his workers or something he threw his, one of his assistants under the bus. Or something. Oh my God! You're gonna go to jail for me, okay? I'll pay you fucking extra amount of dollars. Right. I mean, maybe it was like 16 year old girls or something. Maybe that's what he's into, and that that was what it was. And I don't know, man. Or maybe it was just a mistake, or you know, 
I mean, wow. that, that also happened to Pete Townsend. I mean, I don't know what's true about that. Wow. You know, you Pete Townsend, in trouble. Pete Townsend was going to be on the Howard Stern show. Uh-huh. And they were so excited. Howard Stern was like so excited. Was like he was his hero, you know. And so he, he uh, the interview starts and Robin goes, so what's up with all that child porn stuff? <laughs> no, uh-uh. He just fucked the eggs up on her right away. And it starts like, what the fuck did you just do? You just ruined my dream interview. It's I can hear Howard. You got to work into it. You got to yeah. soften them up. <laughs> exactly. You fucked that so funny. Let me go rock and roll. is really good. Well, Hotter Than Hell is fucking amazing. Right. I think it's like, there's like Strutter, then there's Hotter Than Hell. Those are like my two, two of my favorites. Like, it's really high up there. But another really, well, there were some other good ones, too. Which is about a married, which is about a married chick, right? Is it? I don't even yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, it was like, uh, she showed me her wedding band. Oh, you're right, yeah. It's like an affair that almost happened, but didn't happen. <clears throat> That's so good. And I just remember as a kid, like, No, it, it, it kind of ends like, it kind of ends like that. Like, mm-hmm. she looked good. She looked hotter than hell, not a hair, whatever. And then it, he's building up to, like, oh, yeah, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. And when he right. goes to make his move, it's like, oh, it ain't going to happen. She showed me her wedding band. Right, right. That's right. So, yeah, it's kind of like the one one of their songs where he doesn't get it. Yeah, because he's like, can I take you home? Bam. You know, there's just so much we could do. Yeah. And like it doesn't happen. Yeah. I I just for me as a kid, like just the word hotter than hell, like using the word hell was just like so badass to me. Like in a song, I mean, I had never heard anything like that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you're right. There's nothing to it. The first verse, he doesn't really say anything other than, "Hey, lady, can I take you home?" Yeah, I didn't. I so didn't mean to sidetrack really, either. Just no, 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 that's cool. That's cool. Uh, that's uh, it's it's great. It's a great song. I don't know how he came up with that shit. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. Let me go rock and roll. It sounds like it's kind of lame, but then when you listen to it, it's actually. The, I think the guitar solo on that one is really really good. Right. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah, and it's like back at that time, it was one of the songs that uh, you know I, I didn't appreciate because it's mm-hmm. for what it was because it kind of sounded like a almost like a 1950s hard rock sound, you know? Yeah, Let yeah, it go. yeah. Rock and yeah. roll. But yeah. you know, listening to it now, you pick up things and you appreciate it more for what it was. Mm-hmm. But that was one that I would just kind of like fast forward through. Yeah, because it didn't have that catchy groove like Hotter Than Hell or Firehouse or mm-hmm. Cold Gin, right? Yeah. And another really great riff is "Watching You." That's a great. Is that riff. the da 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 da? Is that that no, one? That's Parasite. That's Parasite. Oh, okay. Yeah. Watching you is like da 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 and the 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 thing I wanted I wanted to just mention on this album is that, you know that song Mainline, yeah, <laughs> right written by Paul Stanley, 
sung by Peter Chris. I was playing that song for my mom. I was playing that song and my mom was like in the next room or something. And she comes in and she's like, do you know what that song's about? It's like, no. And she used to do this to me all the time, dude. Uh-huh. And she's like, do you know what that song's about? I was like, no. She goes, that's about shooting up heroin. And I was like, what? Like, I right. had no idea that that's what that was about. And what the fuck? What is Paul Stanley doing? Singing a song like Mainline. Baby, won't you give it to me one time? Like, it's crazy that he was singing. And it's crazy that, like, Gene would sing Cold Gin, and he supposedly is, like, you know, never drank a bottle, uh, a drop of alcohol in his life. And he's had to sing that song all these years. It's just, it's weird. Because both of those guys are sober. Yeah, almost like they don't, they'll tune in, they'll key in on something to to just grab, you know, they know what's going to grab somebody. They know that there's people that drink. Is it just business? That, just like there's people that, yeah, they're just like there's people that do heroin. So they don't, they'll write a song about it. Yeah. They're, it's weird. They're, cle- they're like clever like that or crafty mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Or sh- what's that? What's the word I'm looking for? Shrewd? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I I heard a a funny story and I don't know I've got a, a handful of these like things I've heard about Kiss over the years. Um, my one of my drummers told me uh, he knew a, a, a chick who her job was to score cocaine for Gene Simmons. He's like, dude, I know for a fact that he does coke, and I'm like, no, I don't believe it. And then I was Look thinking, well, maybe he does it to, maybe he gets it and gives it to girls. Ah, uh, because I can, I don't know. I mean, I realize that he could be totally lying about everything. It could be just right. a total fucking lie. But I don't know. That seems like a big one. Well, look how blown out his nose looks. Yeah. Or is that just from age? <laughs> I don't know. Just. <laughs> I was looking at him a few minutes ago, and his nose looks blown out on both sides. Wow. Yeah. I don't know. I I, I prefer to believe that if if she was telling the truth, that it was for uh, other people, whether it's for women that he's hanging out with. or I could see that, yeah. Yeah. You know. Or, or to, you know, get good business deals out of people. I mean, did you ever hear that Paul Stanley had a messed up right ear and was deaf in his right ear? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just like a mass of cartilage. Did he get that fixed or what? He did. I, you know, a good place to hear about it is he did an interview with uh, uh, one of those news guys, like those big news guys that's retired now, but he has a show online, <clears throat> and. Um, Oh, like I mean, like a Dan Rather type guy? It's Dan Rather, yes. It is. Yeah, Wait, yeah. No, is it Dan Rather? Dan Rather, I've seen him interview a lot of music people, and he's got a show on cable. I didn't know that he did Paul Stanley. I think it is him, yeah. Yeah, he's really done like Elder. And, yeah. Yeah, it's good. Paul's cool, man. I, I think that dude is like my ultimate... Front person, rock and roll front person. I think. Yeah. Cool. And I think he's the best front person who plays guitar. 
Like, I don't think there's a better one, except maybe Elvis Presley, you know, in his prime. Like, who yeah, else yeah, dances like Paul Stanley? Yeah, that's true. With a guitar. Right. I saw I saw them open for, or I saw Anthrax open for them. I don't know who, maybe Anthrax played first in the 80s when, when they had their makeup off. And uh, I wasn't really into Kiss at that time at all. I was like, whatever, uh-huh. I'll watch them. Because they did do Strutter and, like, you know, some old songs, and I was into those. But it was like Bruce Kulick. I never got into that dude. Um, yeah. Uh, and, but he, but Paul's stage, whole stage thing was just amazing, like inspiring to me. I was like, well, it's like, it's like effortless, you know, it's like just yeah. second nature. Yeah. He was just born to do that. You know? Yeah. It's amazing. This girl, I, I was I was taking dance lessons from, uh, from for a while. Well, I do tango, but I was, you know, I guess I was taking tango from her. She was one of the ladies who was helping out my other teacher, and uh, she told me she did an audition, like a singing audition for Paul. I guess it's for his R and B project, which is really good. I don't know if you heard it, um, but. Uh, yeah, he does a bunch of R and B classics like like Motown. Oh, um, wow. it's really good. But she didn't get the audition, I guess. But she uh, she said he was really cool. And really, she was like, "He's so hot." <laughs> like the dude's like seventy, you know. She's like, "Oh my god, he's so hot." <laughs> yeah. So you said there was two songs you you wanted to say something about. Well, I think I think I think watching you is just a really good riff. I I can't uh, really remember. I listened to the whole thing and I really um, loved a lot of it. And I I was just like, oh, I gotta talk about this and this and this, but I don't remember. I had to take notes because I was working. But the last two songs, the, the last song, Strange Ways, was written by Ace and sung by Peter. Strange Ways, and Coming Home was written by. Ace and Paul and sang by Paul, which is kind of interesting, but that's all I have to say about that album. Oh, okay. I think I got that one from you, like, later. Like, that's one of the last things you gave me. (laughs) (laughs) Like, maybe when you did your final album dump. Yeah, my purge. Yeah, Yeah, when you purged all your kiss albums, I think that's when I got your heart in hell. So, Dress to Kill, I don't remember that you ever had it. I that is maybe go ahead. Yeah. I um I wasn't around dressed to kill that much because I don't think I got it until like way later. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I remember like, Rock Bottom is still one of my favorite songs. Yeah, dude. That that's to me is like one of a quintessential yeah, rock song. I always think of you when I hear it, and, and the intro. The intro is amazing. Yeah, I, I that's all twelve. That's all that. twelve string. I don't know. I mean, it, to me, it sounds like they like he overdubbed. Uh huh. But it could be twelve string. I just read on here that uh, the intro to um, Black Diamond is a twelve string. This uh-huh. one, I don't know if it is or not. I mean, we could easily find out. It's kind of I don't know. It's uh, 
I think I think I think he overdubbed a higher arpeggio, but I don't know. Gotcha. That's great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, my and that's Paul, Paul sings that, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's my favorite Kiss vocal. I mean, of of that time. Yeah. Yeah. Freely, the way he Ace, Ace and Paul wrote that one. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a badass song right there. Yep, I agree. I, that's what I was going to say. That one, "Come On, Love Me," is really good. Uh-huh. And normally, I would say those are the only songs I really love on that album because I think the first four songs suck: "Room Service," Two Timer," "Ladies in Waiting," "Getaway." I don't like them at all. That's that's also another reason why I thought that album came out before "Hotter Than Hell." Because mm. the songs on Hotter Than Hell, to me, are more evolved than those first songs off of that. Those first yeah. songs off, off Dress to Kill sound like an early demo. Mm. You know, the the ones on the first album are better than those. But you know what they say about bands, like they, they write all their stuff, you know, and then they, they do their album because they've been working on honing the songs for years, and then they have to quickly write that second album. Right. In this case, it's the third album. I mean, think about Kiss. Like, February of 74, they put out their first album. This third album came out in, like, March of 70. No, February of 75. That's when they recorded it. <laughs> I'm throwing all these... <laughs> Dates up. So that's the year Released year. on March 19th, 1975. So within a span of like 13, 14 months, they did three albums. Right. So they had to write this shit fast. That's probably, I would guess, why this one's. Yeah, because now they're under contract, mm-hmm. and which is what gave them the idea to do Kiss Alive, right? Cause they yeah, I don't know the al- story. They needed that. another album. Probably. Yeah. They're like, fuck you, man. We've already we've already done, you know, three and two years. But Come On and Love Me is really good. I always liked that one. But I heard it yeah. I guess I heard it on live. I don't know where where I heard right. I don't know where I heard Rock Bottom. Where did I ever hear Rock Bottom? Because you didn't have it. Off a lot off a live, right? Is the intro on there? I don't think the intro's on there. But you and I heard the intro somewhere as kids. Like I don't know how we heard it. It's weird. Off of the originals. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Um, she is a song that I don't normally think I like, but I was listening to Alive today, which I never listened to ever. Like I never listened to Alive. Um, I think I got it from you when you did your purge, but I never listened to it really. I just, I don't know why I was never really interested in Kiss Alive. And everybody talks like that was the fucking album, you know? Oh, I used to listen to that album over and over and over. Yeah, I never really did. And so I I put it on today at lunch in my car. And I was like, this shit is fucking, this is like the best Kiss. Like, it's all the great songs from the first three albums, but it's raw. And this guitar sound is great. Like it's so good, and the drums are so solid. Like the drums sound great, and they play so great. So she on lie on alive is like the greatest song. Like I love it. Okay, now you're getting into the territory of though of 
that not being a true live album. Right. Yeah. I was reading about that too today. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I believe it. I was reading about it today. Like Gene wrote his book, I guess he wrote a book in the early two thousands and he said, no, we didn't, we didn't overdub anything. We may have made, we may have touched on, touched up a few things here and there. Then I think Paul wrote a book or Paul did an interview or something and where he spilled the beans. He's like, yeah, we had, we re-recorded the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. And I think in Ace's book, he too, he was like, that right. shit's fucking reworked like you so, wouldn't believe. But, and Peter has said this before, and I think everybody, I think they acknowledge that the drums are live. Okay. And the drums sound great, I think. I think the drums are the greatest thing about it. Um, but it's really raw and it's, you know, it's, it sounds like a live album to me. It's, I'm sure they didn't do as much, you know, uh, touching up as they would have in a studio album. I mean, it definitely has a live feel to it. And, uh, but like you can hear rare moments. There's at least one moment where there's a guitar harmony and a rhythm guitar going off at the same time. So you could tell there's three things three uh-huh. guitars playing at the same time. They had to have done something. Was it during a solo or during like a chorus or something? Ah man, I can't remember if it was like a lick in between in between lines or if it was a solo. Oh. I can't remember. But I'm gonna be much I, more prepared on our next one. <laughs> Dude, I, I'm I'm sitting here with Wikipedia in front of me, so uh I'm I'm reading some stuff. Yeah. But that's cool. I think I think it's good. Um what about Rock and Roll All Night? You have anything to say about that song? That's on both live and Yeah. Drums. Like you said, the drums are really snappy on Alive on that mm-hmm. song. Yeah. You know that yeah. it's really crisp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you feel I like the like, live version better than? Go ahead. Yeah, I think I do too. I think I like the live version of "Come On and Love Me" as well. Uh huh. The, the third album I found out was produced by a diff, was produced by um, what's that guy's name? Uh, he wasn't their normal producer from the Not first Ezrin. two albums. No, they hadn't worked with him yet. It's Neil Bogard. Neil Bogard. And Neil Bogard was like the owner. He was an executive founder of Casablanca, right? So he wasn't right. Like a, he wasn't. I mean, he may have been a producer before, but the other albums were produced by these other dudes, Kenny Kermer and Richie Wise. So, um, Just to Kill is produced by Neil Bogard, and um, I, I think an Electric Lady, which is pretty cool. But it's really sterile. To me, it doesn't have the it doesn't have the depth of the other two albums, the first two albums. I think that right. the, the production is really like it's it's like perfect, you know, like it's real clean and perfect. Yeah, yeah, it just does. It doesn't have any depth to me, which a lot of times right. I like that, like you know, because I don't like reverb a lot. I don't I don't mind a dry sound, but it just sounds real like crystal clear and 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's because I'm listening to it on digital. Maybe I would like it better if I heard it on on vinyl. There's even on vinyl. There's a different sound to it. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Yeah. The songs are kind of different too. Yeah. Like like you said, those first four songs are. I always skipped over those first four songs and went right to rock bottom. <laughs> right. Rock bottom is the shit, man. And, yeah. and, it, and UFO's rock bottom is also great. Yeah. Um, so I was going to ask you, like, as a guitarist, how do you feel about... Because I feel like I never played guitar when I liked Kiss. When I started to play guitar, it was right, you know, when I, maybe in the beginning, but I sort of quickly got out of them. Uh-huh. Um, and then I didn't, I, when I started to play guitar, I never learned an ace solo ever. And so there's certain bands that like I listened to before I played guitar and there's like a certain kind of magic to those yeah. albums, like Aerosmith and Ted Nugent and Kiss, like, because I never learned the solos. Like, uh-huh. I, I never could imagine what they're doing. I could never, like, hear it and go, oh, like, he's bending this and he's doing this Chuck Berry, like, here, and he's doing a pentatonic thing here. And, like, you know, a lot of times you could just imagine what someone's doing. Right. Hearing it. But, but in those days, we couldn't, right? So do you think that there's, like, some sort of, like, because, like, I remember the first time I, I picked up my guitar listening to a Kiss song when I started to listen to him again, when I was older uh-huh. and I could play along with it, even though I never learned it because I knew it in my head, you know? Right. Yeah. I, and when I think about it, I didn't really go learn any kiss songs. Yeah. I barely did. Right. Because the, you know, they, the songs were cool as a, as a, as like a whole song as a unit, mm-hmm. but the, Guitars didn't really like intrigue you. It was more part of the package. Like I don't know, it was done for the overall of the song. Yeah. So yeah, when I started playing guitar, I started looking for stuff that would, you know, sounded cool. That I, oh, I want to learn that. Right. Kiss song. Kiss songs. There's. There's. Not a lot about them where you go, oh, I want to learn that. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird now that you mention it because, uh, you know, if somebody says, oh, well, let's do a Kiss song or do you know any Kiss? You know, yeah, I know all, I know all the Kiss songs, but I don't know any Kiss songs. Right. Yeah. Like I had to go back and learn uh, rock and roll all night. Mm-hmm. And it was it was like totally different than what I thought it would be. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. You know, when and I learned you... it, I'm like, oh, he's playing it here. Like, uh, oh, all right. Yeah. yeah. So it's that's kind of yeah, that's strange that you mentioned that. The other thing about it is like when you learn a song. For me, when I learn a song, I don't like it as much anymore. The mystery's gone, and I like there to be mystery. So I don't learn songs anymore unless I really, unless I'm going to play it live, like, um, or record it. Like, I don't just learn them just to learn them because it ruins it. Really? I'm, you know what I'm yeah. doing now? I'm going back 
And I'm learning all the classic solos that I always liked but never did learn. Like, really? uh, yeah, one thing, like you were saying earlier, how Shanker and Ace, they'll, they'll grab a note from high and then pull it down. Yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll pick it when it's already high. You know who mm-hmm. does that a lot is Don Felder. I went back and learned the, um, oh, yeah. The whole, the Hotel California lead. Yeah. It's so easy, but it doesn't sound easy. But wow. the, that whole thing, that whole thing is, is so easy. But so, yeah, I went back and learned it, but yeah, the magic is kind of gone now mm-hmm. on that. But I've been learning those, you know, like, uh, two tickets to paradise solo. Mm-hmm. That's a good solo. Never learned it, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So that's funny that you say that because I'm kind of on the opposite and I'm going back and I'm learning all these ones that I've always liked, but never learned. That's cool. That's cool. I love the Eagles, man. I mean, I love the way their guitars sound. All of those guys. Yeah. Joe Walsh. And Felder, I always thought it was Joe Walsh was the one with all the snappy, cool licks. But Felder, a lot of that's him. Really? Yeah, because, I'm, you know, a lot of it comes out on Hotel California. Uh-huh. The guitars kind of change from, um, you know, like Eagles' greatest hits and stuff. But a lot of that right. Felder, and I always thought it was Walsh because that's when he first joined him. Right, right. Yeah, but that whole solo to Hotel California, that's all Felder, except I for remember. the harmony at the end. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great solo. I remember learning, that was like the first, I mean, it was like Stairway to Heaven and Hotel California were the first two solos I learned on my classical guitar. So I couldn't oh, bend wow. notes. Because I didn't have a guitar yet, I didn't have an electric, uh-uh. but I was trying to play it. Like I was, you know, like I was trying to play it. <laughs> I was trying. Uh-huh. To, and I'm sure I was playing some right notes, but I'm sure that I was missing a lot, you know, because I was, I didn't even have an electric guitar, and I didn't even know. I remember the first time I saw someone bend a note. I can't remember. Actually, I can't remember who it was, but I just remember going, "What the fuck?" I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> That's uh-huh. how they do that. <laughs> And the first time I heard a power chord or saw someone play a power chord, I was like, oh, that's what they're doing? And it was kind of like not as cool when I, when I saw that it that uh-huh. was sliding that thing around. I was like, oh. right. It's it's much cooler when you don't know mechanics. I know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know who's got really good bands, too, is um, Tom Schultz. Yeah. Yeah, he's got like, he's got like four or five different ways that he bends like a slow one he's got a slow he's got a fast he's got one that starts out slow and ends mm-hmm. fast yeah huh. yeah and the way he'll bend he'll bend he'll bend from an a to a b and then do a little lick and bend from that g to the a you, do you know what, what i mean uh, yeah, he'll I bend so. like he'll bend from like the 10 to the 12 and mm-hmm. then he'll do a little lick and then he'll bend from the eighth to the tenth, and it's like, oh, like I would have never even thought he plays in ways like I've never would have thought of playing. Huh? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I would have never thought to just go down to and bend up to the note that you were already at barred. There's a lot of shit that we couldn't have known, you know, like watching yeah. that dude play um, that that "Don't Tell Me You Love Me" solo, like. 
he's doing sweep picks like between the he's he's going down down up up down down up up and he's not really picking very fast but it sounds like he's going you know right but i we saw that asian kid like playing it up and down but like i never would have known about that technique and i never practiced that way so i i I yeah. try to practice that way now, but it's going to take me a long time to ever be able to do uh, anything fast with sweep picking. Not that I want to do arpeggios, but just like between the two notes. And I think Vivian Campbell does a thing. When he plays fast, he always does the same lick. It's always like, and it's between two strings. And I watched him do it, and it looks like he's barely picking. You know, and I'm like, oh, what right. the fuck is he doing? So, like, there's shit that we wouldn't have known because we didn't have videos. Right. You know? And no yeah. one taught us. So. Right. Yeah, it's not like you're just going to go <laughs> in one motion. In one motion, you're going to pick two notes across two strings. Right. And so yeah. you're barely you're barely exerting any energy, and it sounds like you're picking like a maniac. Yeah, I know. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And I, I never would have figured that out. <laughs> I played it, that don't tell me you love me, I played it uh, tapping, and then I just pulled off the open one, and then and pulled off the open string, so yeah, that's all, that was the best I could come up with, just rewinding the tape deck. I think I saw a dude doing it that way on YouTube. Yeah. Um, One of the guys that was teaching it, he's like, I do it a little different. Now everybody knows it's what you did because you couldn't see him, but now everybody, now everybody knows that that's not the way that the guy plays it, and he's still like doing a lesson on it. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Well, cool, man. Uh, any other final comments on the first four Kiss album? No. No, but uh, I'm going to do my homework so we can get more in-depth next time. So okay. You wanna, next time you want to do the uh, the next three and Alive? Yeah. Live too? Okay. Yeah. And, if, and we can talk about the other stuff afterwards, but there's not a lot probably to say. Because you know it wasn't the heyday, and we weren't tense anymore. So, right, we were into rant. By that time, Randy was yeah. all about Randy. Exactly. So we can talk about yeah. him after that. Yeah, I think you know it's weird. I like you remember the Randy Road stuff more, but I remember Michael Schenker like obsession more than Randy Road's obsession. Like for me, like the funnest shit was to play along with. Strangers in the Night. Yeah, I like those. Yeah. I mean, oh, I yeah, just, I was begging you to teach me those. I, yeah, I mean, I forgot all about that, but you reminded me, and now I remember that you had asked me. But um, I, the, that dude, to me, still is just... I still love to watch him play. I love to listen to him play. I think he's yeah. just, like... I think he's the greatest, still. How How is he such an... an Okay, like, you know, Inve, okay, he can rip all up and down the neck and all this stuff, and he can still yeah. do it, and he yeah. can just go and go and go and go and go. But Shanker, it's always changing. It's always diff- something different. 
mm-hmm. and it, he's like a just a, a bottomless well mm-hmm. of of no, notes and musicality and ideas and fresh know, stuff, and it never ends. Yeah, and it's like it never Schinker, ends. Like, yeah, like it's like okay, all of a sudden Michael Schinker just busts out with some fucking crazy guitar lick that is 30 million times faster than any of those kids on YouTube or any fucking Inve or Paul. Like all of a sudden he can just do that. And like, you never knew he could play like that because he never does it. But then all of a sudden he just does it just because it's the right moment or whatever. Right. Like like the dude is like so good. (laughs) It's, it's insane to me how good he is. It's almost like divine. It's almost like a divine inspiration. Yeah, I agree, man. Yeah, I, 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 I really think he's the greatest electric guitarist. I, I would like, agree with you on that. I don't, I don't like jazz guitar. I, I like jazz. My dad listened to jazz. You probably remember. Um, but I, and I love some of it. I love like Coltrane and stuff, but. Uh-huh. Jazz guitar, I, I hate it, dude. Like, I just can't stand it. So, uh, to me, he's the greatest electric guitarist. Yeah. Yeah. I will agree with you on that for sure. Yeah. Because he can do anything. Yeah. That anybody yeah. else can do. Plus, he's, he's got, his own original style. Yeah. And he's got this melodic sensibility that's just amazing yeah but his new music sucks why is that why can't he write a good song anymore i don't understand we can talk we'll have to do a michael Schenker episode <laughs> cool man well it's really great thank you for doing this and uh, i look forward to doing more all right and I'll, I'll send you a link when i post it okay i'm just gonna yeah i wonder how it's gonna sound Cool, man. Well, have a good week or however long it is till the next time we talk. Okay. You too. Take care. All right. Thanks a lot, big brother. All right. Bye. All right. Bye.